0: Welcome to mind body and business a podcast that explores topics perspectives and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body Along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business I'm your host Maria Moore and in this episode I have a very special guest who is very close to me and will be sharing ways to embrace the positive side of change I'll also share personal lessons. I've learned about my recent life transition. So let's get it started You know, the record change going to come and it's going to come whether you are ready or not. Mark Twain once said, I am in favor of progress. It's change I don't like. And I could not agree with this quote (laughs) any more than I do right now. And we're going to go into the specifics inside of today's podcast, really looking at the positive side of change and some of the things that I have been growing through these past few months as i recently made a career pivot but as i get started i want to send a lot of love out to Sierra Reed she is a senior director of podcast operations with Reach Media and i want to tell y'all my Sierra story Back in 2008, when I first moved to Atlanta, I got the job as midday host at Hot 107.9. And probably by my second month there, Sierra walked in super cute with her little pixie cut and just hungry, ambitious, ready to learn. And Sierra was actually my intern. So when I had the huge sales call where I was meeting everyone from the company and telling them about this podcast and what I had intended to do, they were like, yeah, we have a new director of podcast operations. Her name is Sierra Reed. She popped on her camera during the teams meeting and I was like, oh my gosh, that's my intern from back in 2008, but to actually witness the trajectory of her professional growth her personal growth. Sierra, I am so proud of you and I am excited to be working with you in the whole Reach Media Podcast Network team. I'm also really grateful for the conversation I recently had with Sierra because we've been meeting a lot talking about the podcast network and how I can grow in this new space. And she gave me a lot of encouragement about finding my voice and making a genuine connection with my listeners it is not something that I wasn't already doing as a midday host but with podcasting it's a little different I can be even more intimate and that is what I'm hoping to do during our conversation we got into this deep discussion about change adapting emotionally to change and I was sharing with her how it has been a challenge for me and it's funny because I was looking at my social media the other day and I was thinking to myself man on the outside looking in the average person may think that I have it all the way together, that I am in total control, that I am killing this. I'm just on to the next thing. And it hasn't been that easy. And during my conversation with Sierra, I was opening up about um, the way that I was feeling And about 10 minutes into our conversation. She was like, Maria. This is a podcast episode. You know, it doesn't always have to be a structured topic or you don't always have to have an expert guest. You just have to speak from your heart and relate to people and show them that you're real and you struggle with the same things that they struggle with and share how you overcame it. Tell your story. We've all experienced so much change, very abrupt change with the pandemic. It was a no-choice, you have to do it type of scenario. People are suppressing their emotions and and really, how challenging the change has been for them, not just with the pandemic, but how the changes have impacted our relationships, our professional goals, our level of optimism about what the future holds. Because it's just, it seems like a whole lot of darkness right now, negative headline after negative headline. And I can imagine how it must feel for young adults, teenagers that are getting ready to graduate from high school and go into college. It's like, what do we have to look forward to? And so I think it's really important that we express the way that we feel. And I not only express some things to Sierra, but I talk things out with my husband. And I have to say out loud how I feel and acknowledge it, because I think that once you acknowledge it, that's when the healing and the resolve can take place. And speaking of my husband, he has been so instrumental for me in terms of my personal and professional growth, always there for me throughout all of the changes and transitions in life personally and professionally, you know, when I wanted to dye my hair blonde, when I wanted to be a bodybuilder, <laughs> uh, you know, when I wanted to become a personal trainer, he was always strapping his seatbelt and ready to get on the Maria Moore roller coaster. So I love him so much for that. We have been married for 12 years. And the great thing about recording a podcast at home in my home studio is that I can go and grab my husband and ask him to come down and talk on a microphone. And I think this is a really good topic for you, baby. James Collins Jr. is my husband, and he is an accomplished musician. When we got married, he transitioned, he pivoted from being a musician to being a web designer, a web development company owner. And that was a pretty big change for you, right, baby?
1: Absolutely. It was a huge change. I mean, it was weird because it wasn't, it was a change in my, uh, title, but oddly enough, when you're doing anything, you do everything. So, you know, you're a radio personality and podcast owner and fitness instructor, but you do so many other things to make those things happen. So, um, so yeah, I'm now a web developer, but I think I was developing websites even when I was, uh, at the helm of fertile ground, because we had to have a website and the more things you can do, the, the more you can keep your, uh, your business thriving.
0: One thing that you said to me the other day when we were talking about my career change and the emotional adaptations that I've been going through, you said, Mark Twain says, I'm in favor of progress. It's change I don't like. When you completely let go of one thing and you give your full, or mostly almost your full attention to something new, you know, it can be very difficult. I know you've experienced that just in your conversations with me, but... What was it like for you to go from writing music and performing and being down in the basement and creating music to okay, now I'm a husband and I'm a father and I do web development?
1: I mean it's a it's a big change. The part of it that I think requires the the most patience is, you know, you have to have the humility because there's a certain level of ego that's associated with your success in areas. So not only are you starting from ground zero um, in a new field, but also you're letting go of the accolades that you cherish Uh, whenever we're on top of something. I think you just like, oh, you know, I've got this. I'm the number one this. I'm the, you know, the top that. And um, when you pivot, you have to let go of those things. Um, And you don't have anything... You don't have any accolades of any meaning in the new area, so that was the biggest, the biggest change. As a brand new web developer, I didn't have much going for me. All I could talk about was what I had done and the discipline it took to do that, and hope that it allowed me to um, to create some sort of uh, rhythm in my in my new career. You know, um, so that that was a very big pivot. And then also, you know, I think that when you focus on um, where you're trying to go. Um, It helps not think about how you're being perceived, because that's the other big part of it. You know, when you say, you know, when people see you on a stage and they're used to, you know, fighting to get access to you um, and you move from that to handing out your business card and saying, "Here, these are services I provide now. um, um, That's a that's a pivot. And if I can focus on where I'm trying to go, I don't focus on. how does that look to people? You know, the guy who just bought my CD and owns this company and thinks of me in a certain light, I now would love to get his business and develop um, a digital brand for him. But um, there's a certain social context that might say, you know, that's a step backwards. So rather than me fighting that, I have to sit and hold on to the fact to say, you know what? It's not about that narrative. The narrative that I'm pushing forward on is How do I climb this ladder? So I set goals for myself. Um, You know, when I first started, I said, you know what? I need to develop 50 websites in this first year, no matter what. So I'm not thinking about what anybody thinks about me. All I'm thinking is I got to get these websites developed because in my mind, if I had developed 50 websites, then that would allow me to say I have now I have experience now and I'm good at this. And I've also logged the hours and um, and did the work. I'm a grinder. I'm a shedder, and You know, music, we always say to do the work, you got to shed. That's, you know, you practicing your shed. And so building those websites was me shedding. I wanted to say, OK, I need to counter a bunch of problems. I need to figure stuff out. And so I'm not thinking about how I'm being perceived. I'm thinking about accomplishing that goal. And, um, and then there's layers and layers of goals um, that I think, create a similar response. But that's the way that I train my mind so that I'm not in the comment section, so that I'm not sitting around wondering, you know, um, and giving power in my brain, um, not so much even outwardly in conversation, but just even in my brain about how I'm being perceived. How does that look? Do I need to defend uh, myself and say, you know, you know, this is a good career, too. Um, um, I'm making more money doing this than I did. You know, I don't have to defend myself. And, um, and think along those lines, because all I'm thinking about is I need to get to this goal.
0: And, you know, that makes me think about how some people, they continue to do a certain thing because they're so attached to the status and the accolades and what that identity means to them. And they may have this desire to do something different, but they're afraid to do it because they don't know how they're going to exist outside of what they've always known. And I know when we were talking the other day about what I read online, where the author said that um, it's important to perceive change as an opportunity and not as a threat.
1: It definitely becomes something that is intimidating at times. Yeah. Because there's always the fear of, what will I be good at this? You know, the unknown is scary. That's just the end all of it. When you walk into a dark room, you can be excited. You can go in it with confidence. You can be brave. You can be prepared. However, if we're all being honest, it it has the potential for being scared. And, um, you know, and so I fight that within myself. I just, you know, I've always prided myself on saying, you know what? I'm never going to try to motivate any of my actions from fear. So I immediately, when I sense it, you know, I knuckle up and I want to fight it. So um, so was the change intimidating and scary? Absolutely. Absolutely. However, it also can be inspiring because I kept thinking again about the goal. If I can do this, then I get to claim that I've reinvented myself yet again.
0: Yeah. As your wife watching you do that really inspired me because for you, it was very abrupt. I think for me, like it was like a slow transition. So it was like as I was a radio personality, I was like, let me sprinkle in. Oh, I do fitness. And then the fitness kind of started outpacing it. So I got to gradually grow into that space. But for you, I just watched you and it was so abrupt and you adapted to it. So, I mean, as your wife looking at you so well, I think that. Having that top of mind and seeing you as an example really helped me out. Another thing that I think you do so well is that music will always be a part of you. It will always be something that you have some type of involvement with, and I love that you have that lane open. From okay, well, I'm going to go up and work with a jazz band at the middle school. I'm going to mentor a young artists, and you still kind of have your your foot inside of it, but it's in a different space.
1: Having an outlet for the things you love is is important to me. So having an outlet for music is definitely important. I have to be creative with what that looks like. And you get to fall in love with it again because it doesn't look the same. You know, sometimes, you know, you get into something because you love it and then it evolves and changes. And when you strip it back, it looks different. And so you have to fall in love with it again. So for me, it allowed me to to change the relationship I have with music. It's a different space. The way that I handle the change and the thing I think that makes it so much uh, more palatable is that I have goals and I'm excited about my goals. So I'm never thinking about what's behind me or you know what's around because all I'm thinking about is how much I'm appreciative about you know the progress I'm making on this path because the true story is in this effort I'm using to move forward.
0: When I think about a goal, I think about something that's going to happen in the future. And it's something that you look forward to, you know, something that you can work towards every day. And that's what I'm learning in this space. And just even hearing you talk, I'm like, man, you know, change, it isn't a threat. It is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to grow When you started this conversation and you talked about humility, I think that is like the dominant thing for me because being in a big city like Atlanta, you know, I struggle with thinking, well, will people forget about me? Will people still call me for stuff, you know, and that doesn't matter because I'm growing in a new space and new opportunities and new relationships and new connections are waiting for me. But, you know, that quote that says what you focus on grows.
1: It's important that you not focus like what you said where you focus on growth. So what I've always found is that person who's always felt insecure, that person who've always felt like people were out to get them, that person who's always felt like they were undervalued, they will always feel that way no matter what situation they're in. It's not because the situation isn't reinforcing what they are. So I don't want to say that their feelings are not valid. Their feelings are absolutely valid. However, Expecting the environment to change how they feel is, I think, a very tough ask. I think that you at some point have to say, you know, what? I'm the author of my own narrative and I'm not worried about being undervalued because I value myself and I don't even have to broadcast that. I just know it. You know, I think that there's a interesting battle and I've struggled with it as well, where it's like, you know, ego versus confidence. You know, ego inside of you is saying, I'm the best because I'm the best because I got this because you can't beat me. That's what ego looks like to me. But confidence is, you know what? It doesn't matter what I look like in this moment because I know that I can get wherever I want to get. And that's the part I want to hold on to. That's the thing that I try to try to always embrace And when you have confidence, you don't do a lot of explaining, you don't do a lot of trying because you're very confident in who you are, you're grounded. Um, Having a family, having our children, having you, that grounds me. So if I'm in any situation and I feel less than, then I'm not worried because I'm anchored. I know I'm a hero in my home. When I walk in the door, our four children, are going to look at me as a hero, as, as something that um, is big and large. And and they don't even understand those circumstances, but all they're judging me on is that energy, that aura.
0: And I think that's such an important message because by design, we naturally seek out approval and even sacrifice our own happiness because we care so much, too much, about what other people think.
1: Nobody can make you feel anything that's the reality is that when people give you information, all it's doing is inspiring you to feel a certain way. But you can't, you, nobody can make you feel anything. So you have to learn. And master how to control your emotions and control your 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 space because the people that believe in themselves, those are the people that we admire. I truly believe that. I feel like Muhammad Ali believed in himself. I yeah. feel like Michael Jordan believes in himself. Kobe obviously clearly believed in himself. And when you're on that journey, sometimes it looks crazy. There was a time at the Lakers when everybody identified Kobe as the as the the villain, as as whatever you know, he was something less than. But Kobe Knew who he was and he mm-hmm. stayed on that journey. And so now, as we look back on his legacy, very few footnotes are made about the missteps. The thing that was the dominant conversation in the media doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What his family life was doesn't matter. What we were left with was one of the greatest basketball players of all time who loved his family and was an awesome father he wrote that narrative
0: so simple but so complex at the same time and you know when you were saying that baby it really made me think about too how all of the enjoyment is in the effort it's in the journey i really enjoy being inside of the moment Absolutely. i en- i enjoy the process i look forward to the end goal but like all of my joy you know all of the memories are in the process You uh, shared with me one time how back in the day you were talking to one of your professors and they were saying something to the effect of, well, what are you going to do if you're not doing music? You responded to him and said, music is all I know. (laughs) (laughs) What have you learned about being um, open minded and flexible?
1: You and know, clarify
0: how that conversation went, because I'm, I mean, I'm just kind of reading it.
1: You, you nailed it. I mm-hmm. mean, that that's exactly what I was posed to at one point in my life. I was so goal driven. And I'm not sure what their goal was for asking me that. But I know it stuck with me. And I know it was something I needed to hear because I struggled with that at a certain point. Because I was like, wow, what, what if there was no music? Like, what if, um, you know, I couldn't do this or I wasn't inside of this? Like, uh, what does that look like for me? And, um, and that was difficult because I, I was so inside of it that I hadn't thought about it. But if I'm being honest, um, you know, it came, I got my clarity from meeting you because when we met, you stopped talking always about, you know, putting your finger on something and started talking about how it makes you feel. And that was a really, really poignant moment for me because I was like, you know what, you are right. And um, and it was, you know, uh, I was dumbfounded because I was like, wow, because, again, it was so simple, but it made sense. And and I've held on to that. Like that's that's one of my that's one of my commandments at this point where it's like, you know what, don't wrap yourself up because that's the fool's that's the fool's gold. Don't chase a thing. Chase the, the, the way that it makes you feel because it opens up the playbook. You might never get the biggest house in the biggest city. However, you could get the biggest house in the biggest city and realize it was something you never wanted. Um, but if you if you embody and you start thinking about how that would make you feel when you set a goal and you say, I want this thing and embrace that feeling. And say, what about this is making me feel good? I feel validated. Yeah. My peers are clapping. I feel like I can put this on my resume. And man. And so what you do is in that moment, you, you bottle that. And you say, well, what can I do to accomplish that? And you realize that there are tangible things. And those are the visionaries. The people who are, you know, those become the visionaries. And so many times in my life, I've chased things that I've gotten and I'm like, you know, or I couldn't get and I was fighting for it. And people from the outside looking in would be like, we didn't even know you would want that um, because it's not really something to treasure. And, and it would, you know, I'd be so hyper focused on getting what it is I wanted that I, I wasn't thinking about the feeling. And I think that's, that's when people feel empty inside. I've met so many artists that I've mentored and people that I've known who were chasing things that, when they got them, they felt hollow, and they were like, "Ugh!" Like you said, the 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 beauty is in the journey. Yeah. It's in the journey, the working and the struggle. I mean, you know, we married. This this is an adult pocket, like, but even you know, when you're being intimate, it's the leading up that is what you remember. That's the thing mm-hmm. that you hold on to. That is like. The bliss, you know, it's the working and the getting there and the how did you get there and the creative. Because when you want something and you're making progress in it, there's a a euphoria, a high that can't be matched. That process was the thing that, that, uh, that fuels me and makes me feel like that's where that confidence is coming in. It's like I have moments like that and you feed yourself with that.
0: And what I've learned, baby, is like how I feel is all that matters. That's and it. and I for me like when I think about dominant feeling is that, you know, it it's it's supposed to be joy and it's definitely not supposed to be sadness. It's supposed to be fulfillment. It's not supposed to be emptiness. It can be very difficult to make a move aligned with joy when it makes sense to keep doing the thing that you were doing logistically, right? Well, you're making a lot of money, you you're getting good ratings. You know, everyone knows who you are. Um, You work with really great people. You have great hours. But when the personal fulfillment isn't there and then, you know, the older you get, you get way more reflective. Mm -hmm. You know, you see like your friends, like people, you know, who are like five, 10 years older than you being taken out. And then you're like, you know, do I really want to spend the time that I have left doing something that just doesn't absolutely Move me and and ignite my fire. You and know, brings you peace. Yeah, and brings you peace.
1: You know, who's the ultimate, the ultimate example to me of that is Michael Jackson, as a musician, who could have been more accomplished than Michael Jackson. He's talented. He got all the money, all the awards, and in the end, what did we learn? We learned he was very unhappy. He was an unhappy man, Um, you know, and and even though he was really accomplished and had stuff, there were things about him that weren't at peace. And so you can say, listen, you can get everything that is out here that there is to get. You can have everything. You can be a superhero on Earth. But if you do not have your peace, it will mean nothing. And we have countless examples of that. I think Prince was an example of that. I think Whitney Houston was an example of that. I think that, you know, and, and I know that there were coupled issues with those things and, and those get convoluted, but just on a very macroscopic level, we can say that these were not people that that were grounded in a space where they just felt like their feet were on the ground and they were just
0: happy. And that's a very honest statement. I mean, we have reverence and we honor these people because they're so accomplished. They contributed so much to music and so much to the culture. And I think that sometimes people are afraid to actually say what the situation was when we're all looking right at it. I mean, I think we're we're seeing it happen right now with Kanye West. You know, it feels cliche. Protect your peace. Protect your peace. Because that's really all you have. That's where all your riches are.
1: Because you could grow it out and you could be a billionaire. But guess what? The crazy part is, and it doesn't feel, it, you know, it's so easy to say that a billion dollars doesn't matter when you don't have it. But I think that when you get it or when you get close to, to having a lot of money to then prioritize your piece. That's why I really respect um, Tory Smith. You know, Torrey Smith, the Baltimore Raven, you know, won his championships, went to other teams, had lots of success there. But at a certain point, walked away from the game. Just walk. He still had years on the field. Tori is not is a young man. He's still um, athletic and very much capable. But he walked away from the game. And for me, again, you know, he's not like my friend or somebody I speak to anyway. But I'm just from the outside looking in. I see that he he gravitated went to his to his family. He became a coach on his son's team. He's with his wife, and and he has all kinds of of aspirations and things that that grow. And I think that um, that to me as a layperson looking at it, you know, is inspiring. I love to see people who make decisions that show you priority in the moments that matter. I try to be a person that says, you know what? A hundred thousand dollars is on the table, but it's going to take my piece. So I say no.
0: Well, you know, baby, this podcast is all about actionable insight. So I'm going to go down the one, two, three. First, three things that come top of mind, people preparing themselves for the emotional adaptation to change. First three that come to your mind.
1: Again, I'd say having goals. Second thing, as I say, surround yourself by people who inspire you and make you feel the way that you want to feel. And then the third thing I say, and this is a big one, is take time to... Fall in love with yourself and know who you are um, because there's so much, you know, you could be on one side of the spectrum or the other. You could be that person that's grinding, grinding, grinding and never takes time to to grow up and mature and find time to know themselves. Or you could be the person who sits around and always thinks about how you feel and doesn't get to grind. But I think that there's a balance and the perfect places to just. You know, like you were saying earlier, you know, there was a moment where you said, I have to be transparent about how I feel in this moment. That's a huge self-growth moment. That's a big moment. Um, for me, it was acknowledging that um, that I had sadness from my childhood at certain times. It was it was saying that, you know what, I feel uh, insecure about this. I don't feel good about myself. And so now for me, I think that, you know, what I, my mantra is to to constantly be transparent. So like, you know, it just looks like I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just say exactly how I feel in this moment. That's what I'm going to do. And and even if that feeling is not something that is going to bolster me, um, but may actually create some level of ridicule or or, you know, but within reason, I'm going to say, you know what, I said that because I was really hurt, you know, and I, I literally bring that exact mentality, even in like urban city, I'll be on the basketball court. And guys will get into it and I will literally you know I try to come into this conversation and say you know what why I said that was because my adrenaline was going but the reality was I made the mistake I didn't make the pass and so I was just really frustrated so I yelled at you dog I'm so sorry and I bring that. And that's that's, you know, so I feel like, you know, when you're trying to make that change, you've got to know yourself and you've got to knock down your walls, your barriers. Do you have hurt that you need to get through? Do you have stuff that's plaguing you? Um, you know, are there things you need to admit? Are you afraid of anything that you're not doing? And if you think it that you might be afraid, then just try doing it. Just say it. You know what I mean? Be like, I'm not afraid to 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 tell my wife that that she made me sad and I need her. I wouldn't do it. Do it. Do it. See, if, see, if, see if you were afraid of it. See and see if it changes anything. If you want what you if you are in a perfect place, then don't change a thing. But if you are still trying to get somewhere, then you need to do something that you haven't done. If you want what you always had, do what you've always done. If you want something new, try doing something new. So I just feel like that's a big part of um Of growing and just learning yourself, the learning yourself, surrounding yourself by people that inspire you and reaching for goals. I think that's a you know, you take a healthy dose of that each day. I think you're going to make it to the top.
0: So, if you wanted your own podcast, all you had to do was say so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm long with it. Listen, you always tell me I talk. I'm a talker. I talk. No, I love it. I
0: love it. It, You know, and that's why I was like, ooh, I should bring you in on this. First (laughs) of all, (laughs) not just because you talk, it's because you have really helped me through a lot of change in life. And I talk to you. I mean, you're my husband. I feel like you're my friend. I feel so comfortable talking to you and knowing that you're always going to give me a perspective that's aligned with my best interest. And I love you so much for that. Uh, but yeah, you could do your own podcast. I'm, we probably going to get I mean, comments like, let me know when it's coming. It's, it's a different story when you're in here by yourself though, because you're going to lock up and, and turn into uh reading the script, James. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah. But, um, these are the conversations me and my husband have. And, uh, You're amazing and you're wonderful and I appreciate you. And I'm so glad that um, I'm your wife and you're my husband. And, uh, you know, I appreciate all of the insight uh, and the uh, transparency. And I hope that everyone listening feels like uh, it was helpful as well. I love you, baby. I love you too, sweetie. Now, that's what I call picking your brain. So many gems. And I'm not saying that because of my personal bias towards this episode's guests. I really hope you found some encouragement in the message as well. With that said, that's a wrap for this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. I look forward to more empowering conversations on the next one. Please rate and review this podcast. I would truly appreciate it. And if you have any questions about the podcast or want to reach out to me, you can find me on all socials at Pod. Mind, Body, and Business is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media production, hosted by Maria Moore. Follow me at Maria Moore on all socials. Executive produced by Maria Moore. Senior Director of Podcast Operations, Sierra Reed. Supervisory Producer, Colby Kolb Tyner. Director of Sales and Corporate Partnerships, Michelle Marino. Integrated Marketing and Partnerships, Lori Flowers, Laura Lopez, and Brittany Jackson. Digital Marketing, Walter Gaynor, J.R. Davis, and Tim Hall. Music produced by Jamal J. So Smith. Thank you for listening to the Mind, Body, and Business Podcast.